Hawks Live. the downtown studios of WGN Radio. It's time for Blackhawks Live. Reichel turned inside out by Billy Hainel. A nice play. Now goes behind the net. Reichel, he bends it off the goaltender. They score. Slaman puts it up the middle and Lucas Reichel's going to try and take it. Reichel separates himself. Reichel fires. Scores! Lucas Reichel to the middle. Nice backhander. Fires and scores! Patrick for Lucas Reichel. It's go time. Blackhawks Live. The the Here's Joe Brand with Chris Bowden. Plenty of excitement on those Lucas Reichel goals. That's Joey Zakszewski. You got to hear him over the past couple of games as the Blackhawks turn the calendar into the new year of 2022. We've Got those highlights from the prospects because Mark Bernard is going to be joining us later on in the show as he'll talk about some of the Blackhawks' prospects. Arvid Soderbloom making his first NHL start last night. And as always, Chris Bowden joins me here on Blackhawks Live. Happy New Year, Chris. Happy New Year to you and to all our listeners as well. Unfortunately, not a happy New Year so far for the Blackhawks in those back-to-backs this weekend against Nashville and Calgary. A couple of tough opponents to go up against. Seemed like there was some rust involved as well. When you don't have your top two goaltenders, with all due respect to Colin and Arvid, uh, that... uh, Kind of helps you save your bacon if your if your game isn't quite uh, on uh, its its usual course and. Uh the Blackhawks always seem to struggle against the Nashville Predators. This Calgary team came in. They were already one of the best in the league, and granted, they were coming off a bit of a layoff as well, having one game under their belt, too. But uh, nevertheless, the Blackhawks now uh, on a uh, four-game losing streak, and they have one of the best teams in the league coming in tomorrow night. It's uh, it's be a challenge to uh, straighten things out against uh, the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah, the Nashville situation is interesting because, like you said, they just couldn't figure out anything against Nashville last season. This year... Uh, they win the first game in Derek King's debut in overtime. You know, play up well with a very talented Nashville team. The second game did not have that same output. Nashville outshot the Hawks immensely in that game. And then New Year's Day, it seemed like the offense was there for the Hawks. I, 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 I break down that game into three categories. The offense was there. The defense made a lot of mistakes. And Nashville jumped on top of them. And the goaltending situation is really out of the Hawks' control. Uh, Derek King mentioned after 20 minutes of Colin Delia being in there, he didn't need to make a change, but sometimes just switch a little things up and that might work out. And I guess in the long run, Arvid Soderbloom gets maybe some of those butterflies out in that game. I really like how he looked last night. I understand it was a 5-1 loss, but a power play goal, an empty net goal, even the shorthanded goal was kind of a, a misplayed uh, play by the Hawks defense in that sequence. So you can't really uh, criticize him too much in his first NHL start. I thought he did a lot of good things. Yeah, and, and there's there's a number of factors here because, first of all, uh, this is the first time Derek has had to publicly come out and call some of his yeah. guys on the carpet, not by name, but uh, he thought he had about half a team from an effort standpoint on Saturday and more on Sunday but when you combine that and uh, with the way the Blackhawks have been successful since Derek took over, it's playing a much tighter game. It's uh, being fully invested. And um, that will allow them to stay in games a little bit more frequently. But, you know, the special teams woes continue on both ends of things. And when 
you are also a team. You, you you cannot afford that, especially if you're a, you're a team that is having difficulty scoring in five on five situations, and that continues this season. The Blackhawks have the third fewest even strength goals, not necessarily five on five, but even strength goals among all the teams in the NHL. And when you look at the those that are surrounding them, the New York Islanders are one, and you know they're at the bottom of the barrel for various reasons. The Arizona Coyotes, who the Blackhawks will see later on this week, are the uh, second worst. The Blackhawks sit there at third worst. Fourth worst are the Dallas Stars, but the exception with them is their special teams are special. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're bang on. So they have a much better record. And then uh, the fifth worst is the Ottawa Senators. So you're seeing this the confluence of a bunch of factors when you don't have all 20 guys, uh, all 18 skaters going full bore on any given night. With the makeup and the struggles this team has experienced so far, you're just asking for trouble. And as a result, you're sitting there outscored 11-2 to two in the first two games since you come back. And I think that's why Derek King was uh, pretty vocal about what this team needs to improve on and the fact that, you know, he said Saturday half the team didn't come out to play. Sunday there were just a few guys that didn't come out to play. I, I thought their response in the first period against Calgary was was great. You know, they outshoot the Flames 11-6. They got a lot of good things going offensively. Um, but it just didn't last. And all those numbers you just gave us are exactly why the Blackhawks need to present themselves for a full 60 minutes because when a tougher team, a tougher opponent comes to town like the Colorado Avalanche tomorrow, you can't give them those opportunities. You can't give them those breaks because they're going to pounce on it. We've got plenty to get to. We're going to be giving away a Boyke's prize pack, 312-981-7200. We're also going to be talking to Mark Bernard later on as well. He'll talk about a few of the Blackhawks prospects and Mark Bernard, a guy that is a big reason why Derek King and Kyle Davidson are here. Some more on that later. I think they've first game uh we had half the guys competing i think tonight we didn't we had only a few guys not competing so um once we get to everybody competing at the same time i think we'll be fine but um you know it's it's frustrating because i think we did a lot of good things our first period was good um i really liked uh Soder blum i really liked his game um like the, the poor kid was you know he played a while hell of a game for us and we we had a, a few passengers not as many as the first like i said but we had a few passengers it's not too often you hear Derek king get that critical about his team but uh it seemed like he had some underlying messages in those statements again he called out his team saturday after the game against nashville and like you said chris rightly so kind of the same situation against calgary although with a little bit of a different tune, I agree with them with the first period start. But um, you know, costly mistakes in the neutral zone, rough passing, uh, pucks in the corner that just need to be fought after a little bit. Good teams are going to expose you for that, and that's exactly what Nashville and Calgary did. Yeah, and and that's I guess the most disappointing thing because this team should know what they need to do minimally against the Nashville Predators through all the frustrations yeah. that they've experienced against them over the last several years. So not to have everyone ready. I know it is a very unique circumstances with the times that we're in. You have the long layoff, but you know, you still had three or four practices last week under your belt once they got back together. And um, for their coach to notice that this, this, this is kind of an interesting, I think fork in the road moment for, for, uh, Derek with the club because uh, this is the first time he's had to go out and, and say something about it uh, not only after the game uh, Saturday night but also y- yesterday's game too so 
uh, it, it better be lights out from everybody on that roster tomorrow night against this Colorado team because, um, you know, you had some positive things going. But not only is it four in a row, now it's losing five of the last six, too. So, um, and it's and it's starting to get away. You have a bunch of teams that are right now better than you. So in order to in order to make that leap, you're going to have to you're going to have to go the extra mile and do everything necessary in order to find your way uh, to climb up the standings. Because right now. Looking at them going into tonight, they're 12 points out of the last wild card spot. So if there are any hopes or intentions, uh, the the time is now as you look at Colorado tomorrow at Arizona on Thursday. And Arizona isn't going to be nearly the pushover that the Blackhawks saw when they were in town early in the season, right after Derek took over. And then it's a trip to Vegas on Saturday night. So uh, we knew the schedule was going to be tough, but you got to make it tougher against your, your opponents that are coming up here. You bring up a good point that I think needs to be addressed with the layoff. I mean, you're talking about a two-week layoff. Um, I understand. And Nashville t- had two games under their belt. Exactly, exactly. And, and Nashville went 0-1-1 during that stretch, so they didn't even have the best performance, but they at least allowed themselves to get their legs underneath them. They got some players back. Roman Yossi wasn't uh, expected to play in that game against the Hawks. Neither was Colton Sissons. All of a sudden, they get both of those players back. But again, I, I liked what the Hawks did offensively. I liked the majority of their power play. That seemed to carry over against Calgary, but again, it just needs to be firing on all cylinders at that at that point. But we got to talk about Arvid Soderblom. And again, Mark Bernard's going to be joining us later on, too, Vice President of Hockey Operations, and uh, has had plenty of time to uh, really dive into Arvid Soderblom's development down in Rockford. So really excited to hear how he breaks down his game. But a lot of good positioning, uh, always seems to be in the right spot, uh, had a penalty shot stop, had a... Uh, a breakaway stop on Backland coming down. He just really seemed to be in his zone, or at least not too phased by the atmosphere, by the challenge that he was presented. And that's got to be pretty good for in terms of the Blackhawks' goaltending depth, because you know you don't get that opportunity if Kevin Lankinen unfortunately doesn't go on COVID protocol. Um, but with Mark Andre Fleury, Kevin Lankinen, and now Arvid Soderblom. Uh, part of that depth, too, at least on this taxi squad situation, because that's going to be interesting, too. What are the Hawks going to do with Arvid Soderblom? Are they going to keep him on the taxi squad mm-hmm. for a little bit, or do they not want him getting too stagnant and bring him back down to Rockford so he can get his reps in? I'm sure they're going to try to find a good mix of both. And actually, that's probably a good question for Mark Bernard. Yeah, and and you know when you consider Soderblom's situation, I don't know, what, what do you have, nine games or something, ten games yes, at Rockford? Yes, nine, I think. And keep in mind, this is his first uh, taste of North American hockey. He was talking afterwards in the game Saturday about Learning the angles. This is it's a much different rink right. here in North America than it is in Europe. So angles, uh, not to mention uh, speed and physicality and traffic, is a whole different animal here than it is in Europe. So uh, he had just nine games under his belt uh, on this style rink and this style of vision and spacing to adapt himself and to get thrown into the fire in a hostile environment against a team that the Blackhawks have been struggling with. Uh, in in recent history, it, it was certainly a challenge, but the the kids seemed to bounce back uh, very well in, in last night's game. So I would, with all expectation, expect Mark Andre Fleury to be in that net tomorrow night and probably have uh, Soderblom backing him up. We're also giving away a Boykey's Prize Pack three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. Here's the question: What country were both goaltenders from in yesterday's game? Again, Arvid Soderblom, Jacob Markstrom. What country were both goalies from in yesterday's game? You win a Boyke's prize pack. Again, 312-981-7200. It's Biltong. It's not beef jerky. It's just like it, but it's better. And uh, you also get a nice new hat as well. Uh, 
Curtis, our producer, doesn't know the answer to this. Well, he might know the answer on his own to the question. I didn't <laughs> tell him the answer, though. So uh, we might just get rapid fire with some of these callers. But um, again, going back to Soderblom as the caller dropped out. Um, Arvid Soderblom, Jacob Markstrom, what country are they from? You win a Boyke's prize pack if you get the answer right. Uh, quickly, back on some of those offensive numbers. The Blackhawks outshot Nashville 38-25 on Saturday. They were outshot by Calgary 31-42. Um, but you're talking almost 35 shots on goal on average. So at least that aspect of the game is trending in the right direction. You'd like to see a little bit better quality shots. Maybe... Uh, you know, some higher danger chances, but at least they're throwing the puck towards the net, which has been a, a common critique of this offense. Yeah, and on the other end of things, in talking about Soderblom, you know, uh, give the kid credit for that second period because, unfortunately, things seem to revert to the way things were, you know, over the last couple of years in that second period because he saved them in that second period of being any worse than 3-1. to one. The three consecutive penalties, yeah, you can make your gripes about officiating. I, I, I can understand some of the uh, some of the arguments about that in, in watching the game last night. I know you guys were talking about it on the air. They got away with it with only, you know, one of those three power plays scoring against Soderblom, but in the end, he also gave up a shorthanded goal. And so just the overall play in front of the kid, unfortunately, wasn't good enough, and it could have been a whole lot worse in front of him. And we've been talking about this for weeks now, Joe. In the end, you've got to have to try to find a way to get your guys going. Your your guys like, you know, Patrick Kane, one goal in his last 16, two in his last 21. Jonathan Taves should have more than 13 points in 31 games this season. Same for Kirby Doc. It, it goes, it feeds into the argument of, all right, you'd like to keep Kane to bring it together. Who are you going to put between them? Right. Borgstrom, at least he was one of the bright spots this weekend, yes. you know, showing perhaps there's some potential. But again, we've only seen small sample sizes from everybody across the board this That's season. True. It's just been flashes. So, you know, the yearning for some higher-end consistency from more guys is, is going to be needed from this team. We've got Ron from Homer Glenn who thinks he has the answer. Ron, who, or rather what country were both goaltenders from in last night's game? Sweden. Could you say it one more time? Sweden. You're correct, Ron. Congratulations. Did you watch the game? Listen to the game? I did, actually, yes. Did both. you Did you happen to know that they were both from Sweden before uh, observing the game? I actually did. Uh, Soderberg um, played on the uh, Swedish uh, Olympic team and in the Swedish Nationals uh, team. And then my uh, relatives are actually from Sweden, so I wow. knew Okay, no more questions. That's some blood connections. Yeah, because right? you, you know way more than I do. Uh, well, it is, it's Soder Bloom, Ron, because we heard Derek King kind of butcher the name too, but he made light of I it. I got Soderberg wrong all year last year <laughs> when Carl Soderberg was here. So. Ron, congratulations. You won a Boyke's prize pack. All right. Thanks, Ron. Thank you. We're sending Ron from Homer Glen home with a Boykey's prize pack again. Boykey's, B-O-I-K-E-Y-S dot com. It's like beef jerky, but it's not. It's better. It's Biltong. Also use the promo code WGN for 10% off on your next order. Um, yeah, just again with Soderblom, and again, we're going to hear from Mark Bernard shortly. He will uh, break down his game, what he saw at the NHL level. He's also been getting to see him in Rockford, too. But, um, you know, just a real fun atmosphere at the United Center yesterday, despite a 5-1 loss. Uh, first period, definitely electric. Calgary took that momentum in the second period. Um, and then the third period, it didn't seem like the Hawks let up or gave up on themselves but then as soon as you know you pull the goalie they get the empty netter and that's when things go south but I, I don't think a 5-1 score 
exactly showed what type of game it was. Yeah, I mean, it was better than it was uh, the, the day before. Uh, again, you have to keep these lapses. And even when the Blackhawks were doing well, starting out what it was at 10-6-2 and two under Derek King in the mm-hmm. first 18 games, um, they kept those lapses to a minimum. They kind of contained them. They were there every game, and just, just about every team is going to experience them in any game that is played. Opponents are going to get some momentum at some point. But uh, it, it was just too wide and too long of a gap virtually the entire second period where things weren't going their way, and that's something that they definitely have to clean up against this uh, high-octane team coming in tomorrow. Mark Bernard, the VP of Hockey Operations, will join us after the news. Let's head into the newsroom with Lauren Lapka. It's a different style of play than I've been used to back in Sweden, but I feel like I've been doing some adjustments in my game to like be be a better goalie here on this small ice and like with all this situation that's here. Uh, so... I feel like I'm getting better and better each each day, each match, and each practice. That's 22-year-old Swedish goaltender Arvid Soderblom talking about the difference of playing in North America. Made his NHL debut on Saturday in Nashville, then picked up his first NHL start on Sunday. Someone that's had his eye on Arvid Soderblom for quite some time, along with the other Blackhawks prospects, and including a couple of the Blackhawks' current decision-makers, is Blackhawks Vice President of Hockey Operations and General Manager of the Rockford Icehogs, Mark Bernard. Mark, first of all, thank you so much for joining us and taking time out of your Monday night. And, uh, you know, you got to see Arvid Soderblom in an NHL role over the weekend. You being a former goaltender, were you uh, surprised at all by his uh, performance the past couple of days? Well, first of all, guys, thank you so much for having me on tonight. I appreciate it. And, uh, Really, with Arvid, I'm not surprised at all. You know, he's continued to uh, just get better and better at the American Hockey League level. He came in uh, right out of training camp. We had some rookie games up in Minnesota against the Wild, and I thought he looked fantastic then. And uh, he's kind of kept that going at the American level all season. And I think each period that he's played, he's looked more comfortable and uh, at the NHL level, and I just expect him to continue to grow and get better. Mark, thanks for uh, for joining us. Happy New Year. And uh, you're a guy uh, six years ago or so who brought Derek King into Rockford. What made you think that this guy might have uh, something to him that might eventually have him wind up behind an NHL bench? Well, Derek and I go back a long way. Uh, we're both from Hamilton, Ontario. Um, and, you know, Derek's, uh, I like to joke, a, a lot older than me. He's a couple <laughs> years older than me. But um, we used to skate together every summer when, you know, we were both playing junior hockey. Uh, I was in junior and Derek had started his pro career. We had a a group of about 20 players from the Hamilton area that skated together all summer. So I got to know Derek quite well back then. And, you know, always, you know, even though we weren't maybe in touch, we kept tabs on what each other were doing. And I know he was with the Toronto Maple Leaf system. And when they went through some transition, uh, he was let go from his job with the Marlies to no fault of his own. Um, just because of change and he reached out to me and at the time we were we were in the process of looking for an assistant coach for Rockford and we had conducted quite a few interviews and uh, you know Stan Bowman at the time was pretty settled on a guy you know we'd interviewed and he interviewed very well and was very capable of the job and then uh, Derek called me that night and I kind of asked Stan I said can we hold off and just interview Derek next week in Buffalo when we're at the draft and, uh, you know, Stan, Stan took his time and, and let us interview him the next week at the draft. And, 
it was a no-brainer for us. Derek was the right fit for us at that time to come into Rockford. And, you know, he does a terrific, he did a terrific job there and then obviously took it over from Jeremy Colton when Jeremy got the call to Chicago and did a fantastic job as our head coach. And, you know, I think he's, he's the right fit for the, man, the job right now. He's got a, a great personality. He's a player's coach. The players love him. You know, he's been through it all in his career as a player. Um, you know, he was a high draft pick, played a lot of games in the, in the NHL and had a lot of success, but he also had to spend some time at the American League level. So he's been through it all. He has great communication skills with the players, and uh, I think they really enjoy playing for him. I know they did in Rockford. Now, Chris was telling me that you gave Kyle Davidson, now the acting general manager for the Blackhawks, his first internship in Rockford. Did you find him, or did he find you? Well, it was kind of he found me, to be honest. You know, I played junior hockey with Kyle's uncle Mm. uh, back in the day, probably about 100 years ago in the OHL. Uh, his uncle was a goaltender, too, and we were partners. And uh, his uncle used to always brag about him and how smart he was. And he was coming out of university. And I was home visiting my parents one summer, and we arranged to meet. And um, we got him into Rockford. And, he, geez, he was only in Rockford for about two weeks. And we were in Chicago doing interviews for the hockey operations internship. And we weren't really satisfied with the people we were interviewing. And I kind of spoke up and just said, you know, I have a young kid that's in Rockford right now. That's, you know, made for this. He's very smart. He's a student of the game. He's going to go a long way. Uh, We interviewed Kyle the next day and he got the job and, you know, he's now since then he's, you know, taken the world by storm. You know, he's continued to learn and grow. Uh, He's, He's very, very intelligent. He knows the game very, very well. He's got a great eye for talent. And I joked with him about 10 years ago that I was going to end up working for him one day. <laughs> I just didn't think it would be this quick. <laughs> yeah, I doubt he looked as young. I, I can't believe he looked any younger then than he does right now. So uh, that, that would be difficult to believe. Hey, uh, these are very interesting times, and I wanted to first ask you about the, the challenge right now of the formation of the taxi squad, the makeup of the Rockford team that you want to try to keep competitive. And, and you guys have certainly bounced back nicely after starting out three and seven. You're 11, 11, 1 and 1. I know you haven't played since December 21st, but you got like 10 guys out of COVID protocol today and you're set to face the, the Wolves on Friday. But, you know, what are the challenges right now in terms of the Rockford to Chicago Express with the taxi squad guys back and forth? And, and I'm sure you have to pay a little bit more closer attention to what's going on in Indy as well as, as your roster gets affected. Well, it really is, you know, and it's been something, you know, I've, I've been fortunate, you know, to deal with for the last 14 years with the Chicago Blackhawks. And it, it makes things exciting at all times. And uh, yet, like you said, you do have to follow what's happening with our players in Indianapolis in our in the ECHL and possibly other ECHL teams if if you need players. But, um, you know, we just take it day by day. And our job is to not only develop the players and try to win hockey games in Rockford, but obviously to to complement the NHL team and provide them players and make sure that they're ready to go up there and not just take a roster spot, but to compete. And, you know, we're really proud when these young guys go up, like um, last year, for example, when, when you know, Hagel and Khrushchev and Bodan and Regula and, and Lankin and Delia, and, and to name a few, went up and made the team and not only made the team, but made big contra- uh, 
you know, made uh, the lineup that much more competitive. It, it makes the job that at that time Derek King and Anders Sorensen were doing in Rockford, it, it really proves, you know, how vital those members of our staff are to our organization. You know, Anders Sorensen, Peter, Aubrey, uh, and our new assistant coach, Jared Nightingale, do a tremendous job in Rockford developing these young players. And um, do we always get the results we want? No, but we have a young group. I know last year, I think, even with Cody Franzen on the back end, our, our average age was 21 and a half. Um, and it's very young again this year. And, and even though we've had four games you know, postponed since, since Christmas, we'll get back at it this Friday, as you mentioned. All of our players back on the ice today practicing. So uh, it was an exciting day. They were like little kids out there. They hadn't seen the ice in three months. So it made for a high-energy practice, and, and we'll be ready to go. And, you know, as Kyle uh, makes decisions on, on who he wants to come up to the taxi squad or who comes down, you know, we'll pivot. You know, Anders knows that it could be uh, he could be working on a power play with a group of players all week and the night before lose three of those players. That's just the way it works at the American League level, and, and everybody's prepared for that. And uh, I'm really proud of our group down in Rockford. You know, like they started the first month on the, on the road, as you mentioned. Uh, we were having renovations done to the BMO Harris Bank Center, so we got off to a 2-5 and five start. We're since 9-6, 1-1 1-1 since that time. Um, you know, we went through a coaching change. We had to bring in a, a couple different staff members at the time. And the, the players have been very resilient. They just come to the rink every day wanting to learn, wanting to get better, and uh, there's a lot of good youth down there, and I'm really proud of the job our staff does on a daily basis there for, for the Blackhawks organization. Again, we're talking to Blackhawks VP of Hockey Operations and Team Affiliates and General Manager of the Rockford Icehogs, Mark Bernard. Uh, obviously, Lucas Reichel kind of taking the world by storm down there in Rockford, 14 points in 18 games. Blackhawks fans have kept their eye on him. What have you seen from uh, the German talented player? What do you like about him? First of all, I love his character. Wow. You know, he's a great young man, wants to get better every day. He comes to the rink with a smile on his face, and he wants to improve. Um, doesn't take anything for granted. There's no entitlement. and But he has tremendous vision on the ice. He's, he uh, has a high, high hockey IQ, and he's got a tremendous skill level. And the thing that I love most about him is he works 200 feet. He's not just going for offense. He works hard defensively. He'll go to the hard-to-play areas where he might take a hit. And, uh, you know, I think that we're... I'm really happy with the route that we're going with him right now. We're taking it slow, letting him get used to the North American style of hockey, the smaller rink where things happen quicker, and we're not rushing him. We're letting him, you know, continue to develop and reach, you know, success at the American level before putting him into the NHL right away. So... He's been great for us, and uh, again, you know, our scouts did a, a fantastic job of finding a young man with high character and uh, a work ethic that's through the roof. Well, it's been absolutely great learning about uh, some of these prospects down there, and you know, I know we're getting closer to the anniversary of your four-assist game as a goalie with the Bracknell Bees, <laughs> so once we hit that anniversary, I think we're going to have to have you on and uh, tell us that whole story. <laughs> Well, I, I would like that. I was joking with Colin Dealey a couple of weeks ago when he scored his first goal. I said, well, you're still one one goal behind me. Uh-huh. So, um, you know, I was very – that was a fun night. And if we're going to get into minor league stories, you're going to need the whole hour segment. For Sounds it. good but, to us. If you um, got it, we got it. I was very, very fortunate, you know, that I got to do something I loved for such a long time. 
uh, getting to play the game for 13 years, blah, blah, you know, it doesn't matter. Would I love to have been an NHL player? Everybody would. But I got to play in the minors, and it took me so many places that I never would have been in my life. And, um, you know, my dad worked 40-plus years in a steel mill and, you know, taught me the value of, of work ethic and, you know, inspired me to do something I love to do. So I'm very fortunate. And playing, you know, my playing career focused, went into a management career, and I've been lucky enough to be in this game now 33 years. And um, very, very fortunate. And, you know, not only to be in the game but work for, you know, such a great organization and the Wurtz family. Blackhawks are lucky to have you. Thanks, Mark. Thank you. That's Mark Bernard, Vice President of Hockey Operations for the Blackhawks. Yeah, I can't wait for that hour-long podcast to hear about his <laughs> four-assist game as a goalie. We will uh, wrap- be very detailed on every single <laughs> That's assist. That's fine. Yeah. I want to hear every detail. So the guy came around to the other side, and I <laughs> spotted my teammate. I tell you what, I'm sure I'm sure he knows every little detail of it. That's cool. All right, we're going to wrap up Blackhawks Live when we come back. You're listening to WGN Radio, 720 AM. Wrapping up Blackhawks Live, 7.20 a.m. He's Chris Bowden. I'm Joe Brand. As the next Blackhawks game will be tomorrow night against the Colorado Avalanche, a 7.30 puck drop at the United Center, 7 o'clock pregame. And our next show will be next week. Again, we're uh, switching it up. We're moving it up an hour now, 6 o'clock on Monday nights here on 7.20 for Blackhawks Live. Um, I, I enjoy the extra hour pushed back. So I appreciate WGN management looking out for our Monday nights. That's the sole reason they did. It was for your purposes, right? So you could have uh, more playtime, like tonight. Yeah. Like tonight. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, heading over to the United Center you're again. Right, you you're can't, right. You, yeah. can't get a, you can't get enough of it. Um, yeah, I'm heading over to see the Bulls tonight. It's an exciting team over there. Um, but speaking of excitement, let's talk about your last 72 hours, <laughs> pal. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, the COVID world... Uh, kind of uh, crept in on uh, the Blackhawks broadcast crew. Yes, yeah, it unfortunately did. I mean, first and foremost, you know, you don't you don't like to have these opportunities for those types Just of like reasons. Mine with Channel Nine last week. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> so, we could, we talk about you too. Um, everybody was out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just crazy times. People coming down with the virus and then having to go into protocol. And of course, first and foremost, we hope everyone's doing okay. But I was on the broadcasting crew taxi squad and uh, found out on Wednesday that they were thinking about having me go to Nashville with the team and I'm not going to say no to that and down to Nashville we went New Year's Eve couldn't leave the hotel rightly so with all that action going on on Broadway there was a lot <laughs> there, there was Nashville. a lot and it was all on TV there is, there is every night of the year that's true anyway. but they closed down the street I mean Blake Shelton Miranda Lambert they're at random bars it was a scene uh got to be on the broadcast uh Joey Z filling in for John Weideman in a pinch so it's me and Joey Z doing the Nashville Blackhawks game three days prior to that. It was not supposed to be either of us. Um, again, big thanks to the Blackhawks for having faith in me to do that. Uh, never would have thought it in a million years. And then we got to do it all again on Sunday at the United Center. What a thrill. What a dream come true. Again, I'm, I'm not Troy Murray. I'm not any of his talented stand-ins. I cannot break down the game like any of those people. But hopefully I just allowed the ship not to sink the past two days. No, it was fine. You know what? And I listened uh, second period or so last night, and you guys, both of you guys sounded great. Uh, it sounded very, very seamless. Uh, you know when to jump in. Uh, Joey, you know, uh, you know, uh, put the slack off the rope to allow you to, to throw <laughs> some things in there. And I both, uh, I thought you, you guys sounded great with the opportunity. And, and for those listeners who may not know, Joey was here at the WGN studios while Joe B was in Nashville 
the lone body in Nashville in the building, which is a pretty ruckus place. Yes. And a uh, pretty loud, ruckus place. And, uh, you know, uh, even with all things uh, working properly and, and going according to plan, uh, it's a place that can kind of rattle you. And uh, oh, <laughs> especially yeah. once that team gets going. So uh, that probably added to the challenge as well. But uh, I thought you guys did a great job. And uh, if the opportunity ever presents again, I'm sure you'll uh, knock it out of the park. Well, well, thank you. Uh, very kind words. And yeah, I was just uh, just trying to wrap my head around the experience, the opportunity. Like I said, dream come true. I, I've been I've been doing games for a while, most of them baseball, um, a lot of basketball. It's a little different than hockey. Baseball and hockey? A, a little, little bit. bit, a little bit. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, sitting sitting down in the broadcast booth for a handful of years and, and watching John and Troy do their thing, I mean, they're, they're the best in the business to do it. It's uh, You pick up some tendencies from them. Again, I'm not them. I, I, I couldn't do anything that they do as well as they do, but it, it sure was a lot of fun. I still thought you should have snuck down on Broadway for the <laughs> maybe, maybe if it were if it were like a week earlier when uh, conditions were maybe pulled back. No, I won't then you would far. have been under COVID protocol. So. <laughs> That's going to do it for Blackhawks Live again. Hawks are hosting Colorado tomorrow night. We will have Blackhawks Live again next week. Thanks for listening here on seven twenty WGN.